If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. After allegedly stalking her for months at her home, her workplace, and even while she was out on other dates, 62-year-old Vincent Verdi is accused of shooting the divorced mother of two in the stomach. I heard three shots, and I seen the woman's feet go up in the air and fall, and then I seen him there, and he put the gun underneath his chin and, and shot himself. She later died at a hospital. She broke up with him in July and got a restraining order October 5th after he was arrested for stalking. He would be calling her all the time, and she was like, you have to stop calling. It is not romantic. It's not okay. It is a crime. Today we highlight the horrific murders of four beautiful women, all in the primes of their lives, from stalkers, bona fide stalkers. They all knew about their stalkers. They were vaguely aware, one of them, of their stalker. Everyone else in their life knew about their stalker, but now they're still dead. Why? Mothers, students, a worker at a church school. Why? Why did they have to die? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. We are talking about today four very special women, 
all dead. One is Larissa Barros, an 18-year-old girl near the top of her class, already accepted at FSU. She begged, she begged for help. She got a protective order. She begged prosecutors to go forward with the prosecution. But prosecutors in Orange Osceola jurisdiction said, oh, they didn't have enough evidence. This after over a thousand texts, tire slashed, car window broken in, her car set on fire in the driver's seat, her driver's seat of her Chevy Cobalt, but yet they wouldn't prosecute. Well, she's dead now. She's dead, leaving behind a baby boy. Near the top of her class, already admitted to Florida State University to get her degree. She's dead. That will never happen. Larissa Barrows. And then there is Janira Nicole Gonzalez. She didn't really realize she had a stalker. She knew vaguely that this guy seemed to always be around, but they had never dated. They weren't really even friends. Then one day he showed up at a community studying spot there at North Lake College in Dallas and said, you know who I am. You know why I'm here and shot her dead, shot her three times. Why? The whole college put in lockdown at the death of this honor student and then a Utah mom, Memoray Rackley, a gorgeous young mom in her 30s, was walking her children home from school, from elementary school. And he started chasing her in his pickup. She flagged down a Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan let her in the car, but that didn't end it. He rammed the Good Samaritan with his pickup truck, got out and opened fire, killing her and her six-year-old son, Jace. Why? All the signs were there. She had called police. She had begged. Why is she dead? And the fourth woman we're talking about, Elizabeth Lee Herman, the mother of two. She was on her way from her apartment to her place of business on a bicycle. She worked at Grace Church School. And as she parked her bike to go into work, he unloaded a hell of bullets. And she's dead. Straight out to Sean Walsh with TheDailyMail.com. Sean, I want to go into the details on all four of these cases. Which one should we start with, Sean? Nancy, I think we should talk about Elizabeth Lee Herman because it actually occurred outside of my office. Tell me what happened, Sean Walsh. I mean, this is a horrendous story, Nancy. Uh, This was a match made in hell. For nearly four months, Vincent Verdi stalked his ex, Elizabeth Lee Herman, a beautiful mother. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com. Hold your horses, fella. (laughs) When you say ex, hello, Didn't they meet on Match.com, like, uh, in July? They had been dating, quotey-quotey, for a couple of months. I would hardly refer to that as an ex. She had already gone to police about him. What did they date, two months before she tried to get rid of him? I mean, this guy showed up everywhere at work when she'd have a date with somebody else. I mean, he was everywhere. I don't know if I'd call him an ex. Uh, I think, Nancy, I argue back that you could call him an ex. They were in a relationship for a brief period of time. So technically, it's an ex, but I mean, not a good ex. This is like a crazy ex. Okay, remind me then, every time I go to the movies and have a popcorn with somebody, they're my ex. All right, Sean Walsh, have it your way. I guess you Aussies (laughs) are different. Go ahead. Well, I I tell people after you and I have had dinner that that's my ex, Nancy Grace. Um, (laughs) 
So. <laughs> I'm sure me and you and your wife and my husband will be very happy together. Go ahead. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but look, this is this is just horrendous. I mean, a little timeline of this. In July, she ends the brief, very brief relationship with Verdi. That same day, he begins repeatedly calling her, texting her, sends her emails. He's then sending her chocolates and flowers. The next month, he's showing up at her dentist appointment. He's calling her at work. He confronts her at the theater while she's on a date. He's waiting outside the school where she works. It then ramps up and he stops her on the sidewalk on her way home from work. Um, again, he's sending her more emails. He's sending her another Match.com message. He sends her more emails again. He then sends her a gift certificate for three massages and a letter. And then it all culminates on November 1st when he shoots her to death in Astor Place in Manhattan at 8 o'clock in the morning outside the school where she worked as a secretary. It does not get any worse than this, Nancy. You know, I was looking um, at the article you had on DailyMail.com, and it showed her with her children. And I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, no offense to my husband, but, I mean, I, the times I have to go out of town and leave him here, I, it, it looks like burglars, home invaders, have ransacked the house when I get back. And I, I, I don't, I'm sure the children are not clean. I know that. They have eaten nothing but leftover Halloween candy. And everything's just gone to hell in a handbasket. And I'm looking at those two children. And it's not just that. It's it's not just, you know, veggies on the table and being bright and neat and clean on the way to school. It's it's having your mom. It's having your mom. It's there's when I look at those children, it just broke my heart, Sean Walsh. What what more can you tell me? And here's the thing, she's a mother of two beautiful children, a single mother of two, so these kids have lost the, the parent they live with. It's um, horrendous. And from all accounts, she was a wonderful mom. She was a valued member of the school community. She'd been at the school for many, many years. And not only has she left behind her own kids, it's all those little kids that would see her every day when they turned up to school here in New York that now won't have her in their life as well. So the effects of this devastating crime are simply profound. Straight out to Ron Real, high-profile lawyer, joining me out of L.A., who specializes in restraining orders. Also with me, in addition to Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com, is Joseph Scott Morgan, death investigator, forensics expert, professor at Jacksonville State University, renowned psychologist joining me out of Manhattan, Karen Stark, and Wendy Patchett, California prosecutor. Ron Rail, I remember all the stalking cases that I prosecuted, and I would tell the women to their face, and I felt really bad about it. I'd say, you know that piece of paper you, you brought today? It means nothing outside this courthouse. That piece of paper is not going to stop him. Nothing is going to stop him unless he's behind bars. And that's my job. That's my job to put him behind bars. But let me warn you, he'll get out. Unless he is a convicted murderer, he will get parole. And a lot quickly, a lot more quickly than you think. So I'm definitely going to do my part. But you sadly have to do your part to protect yourself. Ron Rail, in some of these cases, I just don't get it. Why, why even bother to get a protective order, Ron Rail? Yeah, actually, Nancy, uh, I've got a little different perspective. I know people say, you know, it's, it's uh, not worth the paper it's written on, toilet paper, this and that. But let's look at some of the facts of, uh, for example, a couple of these cases um, with like Elizabeth Herman. There was a protective order, and I believe that was issued in connection with the criminal case. 
And so by the time that, you know, you get to a criminal case, sometimes the DA is not going to, they're not going to prosecute unless they, they can win this thing. Right. And we can uh, hear from your other guests on that. No, 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 no. I don't agree that a prosecutor does not prosecute a case unless they think they can win. Because I've got to be honest, I tried before juries over 100 cases. I pled close to 10,000 cases, I guess, over 10 years. And tried many, many more bench trials and unlimited, I don't even know how many juvenile trials. I never thought I was going to win. Never once. I went into it because I knew they did it and they wouldn't plead guilty. So what am I going to do? Just go, okay, you can go. uh, Heck no. You don't just try a case when you think you're going to win it. You try it because it's the right thing to do. Well, let's, let's look at the DA is going to file when they, they've got to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. But let's look into my arena, which is family law. It's a civil case. It's a, the burden of proof is a preponderance of the evidence. So let's take a look at uh, Elizabeth Herman. And I noted like in August, when he showed up at her dentist appointment, he called her several times, he confronted her while she was on a date. That's before the DA ever filed anything, right? Well, if, if she would have known... Um, if she went into family court and got a restraining order out here in California, you can get a restraining order if somebody looks at you cross-eyed. So, so if, if you can show they're disturbing your peace or, you know, you believe they're stalking you and you convince a judge 51% chance that that's going on, then you get that restraining order. It's in place. It's in the police system. Yeah, it's a piece of paper, but you're nipping it early on. So he's in the system and you start with all these times when people see him around and you take him in, you file a contempt, even if the DA is not involved, you get it in the system early. And, and if he, it, I think it's, it's something that maybe could have occurred. And in this case, it's, it's kind of all the way down the line when you've got the DA involved. Ron Rail, she did have, she did have a protective order against him. He was arrested on October 4 for stalking her and she was given a protective order against him. He was also ordered to turn over any and all guns he may possess. You know, he shot her dead. And his lawyers told the court he didn't have any guns. Okay, so there was an order in place. That aside, I hear what you're saying, Ron Rill, and this is your expertise. You are saying that it's you only need a preponderance of evidence, which is a little, it's like 51% suggestion to the judge it's a judge not a jury that this is happening and you can get a civil protective right. order against them right and that, that can be done it, it happens all the time people say it's a, that that statutory scheme is abused too much because people are running in and getting restraining orders for for you know five text messages you know it's so it's depend on that that day who your judge is and how convincing you are but it's available it's a remedy it's not criminal you're not going to go to jail unless you end up violating it somehow but yeah it's a remedy that people can take advantage of and and uh the public doesn't really know about it all the time if you're not in the middle of a divorce or something uh or if you're in a, in a dating relationship and by the way it's just a dating relationship you don't right. have to really uh, uh you go on a couple of dates and you qualify under the statutory scheme you know so but uh, that is something unfortunately to karen stark psychologist Joining me out of New York, Karen Stark, there is a misguided theory that the flowers and the flowers and the chocolate and the chocolate and the showing up at the door and the showing up here and there and the begging and all that, that it's romantic. It's not romantic. It's a crime, Karen. How have we gotten that so confused? Well, because people have this idea that when somebody really loves you, if they do all these things, it's a it's a sign that it's a wonderful thing. You're being romanced. Um Here's your white knight. But the truth is, these people are extremely disturbed. They're narcissistic. They have to control. 
And it is not the fault of the victim. It's the fault of the stalker. They have usually have terrible low self-esteem and they can't feel rejection. They don't learn from their experience. The worst problem here, Nancy, is that he was in, he was jailed for seven days. It won't stop him. He thinks that he's above the law, that somehow he can convince this person that he loves them and get them to love him. And he must have their love. He can't live without it. That's what he believes. You know, they met on they met on Match.com and they were not very far into their alleged relationship before she tried to break it off to Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com. Sean, this happened right outside your office. It did, Nancy. What do you recall? Uh, it, was, it was interesting. I was on my way into the office and one of my colleagues said to me, oh, there's been some loud noises outside and now the police are here. And um, this poor lady um, was clicking in her city bike uh, when she was confronted by him and shot in the stomach. And people were running everywhere. Kids were arriving at school because the school is across the street. It uh, was simply horrific and something that no one could see. And then he shot himself. Uh, he didn't He didn't end up killing himself. He's still in the hospital recovering. He shot himself in the head. And um, the bullet kind of went the opposite direction that resulted in it not being a fatal shooting. So he's still recovering in the hospital, Nancy. So, okay, he lives and she dies and her children are left to grow up without their mother. She was a single mom. Uh, she worked there at Grace Church School. This is what I can tell you. You cannot ignore a stalker. It's a common reaction to ignore and hope it goes away. It doesn't work. That's right. Do not engage with your stalker, but be alert. Avoid contact. No matter how many times they call or text, don't keep writing back. Stop texting me. Stop calling me. Do it once. Do it twice. And then stop. Avoid contact. Enhance security. Check your locks, alarms, cameras. Change your route to work and school. Every day. The stories we're telling you about today, all four of them is because the killers knew their love objects, routes, and whereabouts. Tell people in your life about the threat. Document all the messages, the voicemails, the letters, the cards, the so-called gifts. Document items that are damaged if you're car is keyed if your tires are slashed if your door is kicked in trust your instincts i'm telling you when you get a feeling it's not just a hunch it's something that's bred over thousands of years within the human mind it could be something you saw something you smelled something you heard something you remember a feeling you call it a feeling oh no it's a thousand things telling you be careful and develop a plan. When you are afraid and you're in danger, it is so hard to keep your head. I know. Develop a safety plan, a place to go, a way to get out. What you're going to do or say when you are confronted, be ready. Today's Sirius XM 132 program is so very important. And I want to thank our partners who are making today's program possible. It's LegalZoom. All you business owners know how important it is you must keep moving forward with your business. But so many times things pop up to take your focus away from growing your business. 
Uh, reviewing contracts, registering trademarks, staying current on fees and permits, contracts, taxes, hiring employees, LegalZoom.com can simplify your life. LegalZoom was created 16 years ago by the brightest minds in law and technology. When you don't know a horse, look at his track record. They've already helped over 2 million business owners easily, affordably, Navigate the legal system with confidence. Best part, you don't have to wake up at 3 a.m. worried about billable hours stacking up behind your back. LegalZoom is not a law firm. Instead, you get the advice you need to your business questions at fixed rates through LegalZoom's nationwide network of independent lawyers. Take the pressure off yourself. Go to LegalZoom.com now and take care of business before the year ends. Special savings, enter code NANCY, N-A-N-C-Y, at the referral box at checkout. Code NANCY means special savings only at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, thank you for what you are doing for business owners and our great country. And thank you for being our partner today. Did you know that in 1925 you could have bought a home for $6,000 or 300 ounces of gold? Hi, I'm Scott Carter with PM Capital. In 1961, a similar home was $13,000, but still the same amount of gold. Today, the house is $385,000, but it's still only 302 ounces of gold. Investors know it's not what you have, it's what you keep. PM Capital is in the wealth preservation business and helping you keep your buying power is our goal. Find out how owning gold can help preserve your buying power. Home prices increased from $6,000 to $385,000 in 90 years, but it's still the same amount of gold today. That's called preserving your buying power. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword grace. That's pound 250, keyword grace. Dial pound 250 and say grace. Our specialists are standing by. Today we are talking about four cases that really touched my heart when I read about them. All four beautiful ladies that leave behind children, one of them, a college sophomore sitting in a communal study area when she was gunned down. With me, Ron Rail, Wendy Patrick, Karen Stark, Joseph Scott Morgan, and Sean Walsh with DailyMail.com. I want to go out to Wendy Patrick, California veteran prosecutor. Wendy, it's so great to have you with us. You know, so often we see restraining orders turn into felonies. Why, Wendy? Why in this day and age are we still dealing with stalkers? Yeah, Nancy, it's such a great question, and thank you so much for tackling this topic. You know, stalking is an invisible epidemic, as you know, because a lot of the time, even well-meeting law enforcement officers, they want to see marks, they want to see bruises. But what I always advise stalking victims, and I'm sure you do the same, is that invisible trauma is in and of itself corroborative evidence. Why? Because of the things that we've all just been talking about, getting restraining orders, telling a door person to look out for this particular person, telling friends and family about your fear. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, as we say. It's not out of sight, out of mind for stalkers. And some of these people are crazy for you, so there is no reasoning. I always like to say, Nancy, don't become a human slot machine. 
ignoring 29 phone calls only to pick up on the 30th in the hopes of being nice and talking the stalker out of his behavior. Not going to work, not going to happen. And the way to answer your question, we can continue to fight against this, is to do exactly what this woman did and then follow that up with a police report. As soon as somebody violates an order, if there's a stalking case filed in most states, that's an aggravant that can add to the amount of time they serve when we catch him or her again. So it's a matter of being both proactive and reactive. And, you know, we just hope that with increased sensitivity and focus on this issue that we collectively can stamp it out. You know, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, how domestic domrails, domestic relation calls to 911 were poo-pooed for many, many years until one after the next, after the next body started to pile up. And suddenly cops were forcing typically the man out of the house, documenting everything, putting somebody in jail, and they got serious about it. Just like teachers having to start reporting abuse on children, people got serious about it. I wonder what it's going to take before we realize that stalking turns into homicide or aggravated assault or or, or great property damage, then I think a standard protocol will be put into place by cops. Because in this case, she had a protective order. She saw him that morning in the area. She talked to her doorman about it. She was dead 15 minutes later when she rode her bike to work. I want to talk about these three other cases. There's the Utah mom, Memoray Rackley. That case really got to me. Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com. Can you tell us about it? I mean, this is just another one of these horrible, horrible cases. I mean, these women shouldn't be put in these positions, Nancy, where this sort of stuff occurs. I mean, I was, uh, we were absolutely uh, stunned at DailyMail.com with the situation behind uh, her, her, her untimely death. Well, I hold mean, on. There are a couple of highlights before you get going, Sean Walsh, that I want to 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 make very clear. This Utah mom um, was married, but for whatever reason, either they were separated or they were taking a break in their relationship. She had had a couple of meetings with, and I'm not even going to dignify it as a date because I don't know that it was a date. With this bodybuilder, I mean, when you look at pictures of him, he's got this spray tan and, and he's like posing for all these selfies. He does have a body like a Greek god, if you're into that kind of thing. I always say, if my husband starts pumping iron, working out five hours a day, I'm getting a divorce because I want him at work, dialing that phone and punching that computer laptop. You know, get to work, get out of the gym. Okay, just stay alive. That's all you got to do. This guy was just totally pumped up. It made me wonder if he used steroids. So anyway, he meets this gorgeous young mom, Memory Rackley. There is no relationship and he gets obsessed just before to Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, just before he comes and follows her as she's walking her two little boys home from elementary school, he put ominous postings on the web. One was a creepy clown. One was a little boy saying, I've got a secret, but I can't tell you. Then he made this post about Memoray saying, I met you six months ago and I'm so in love and I'm proud of you, but you keep me a secret. Why? What do I have to do to stop you from keeping me a secret? Well, I'd want to keep him a secret too for Pete's sake, especially, you know, if I'm trying to get back with my husband, blah, blah. And I've got this, this bodybuilder thud chasing me around town. Wendy, all the signs were there. She called police when he wouldn't stop calling her and nothing was done, Wendy Patrick. Yeah, the problem that nothing was done uh, oftentimes is a 
sign of the times. And it, again, it goes back to this belief that, gosh, if there are no signs and symptoms that we can photograph and we can document forensically, we're going to concentrate on the murders. You know, law enforcement doesn't want to think that that's the way they operate. And they really don't. They do the best that they can. Sometimes, sometimes it's a function of really trying to get the evidence they need, but sometimes they're unaware that the law does criminalize the kinds of things that we're talking about. We don't have to wait. Until somebody breaks in, until somebody's got an injury, until somebody is shot in the stomach in front of the Daily Mail in New York City. We don't have to wait for that. There is clearly enough. And, Nancy, I think the fact that we're all discussing it today is the kind of thing we need to do more to let everybody know that there is help and that there are things law enforcement will do and that we are taking this far more seriously. I can't tell you how many stalking cases I've prosecuted that jurors are thrilled that somebody took this seriously because the evidence is there. The evidence of calling, of unwanted conduct. Some of these cases, I mean, these guys are so bold as to show up when the woman's on another on a date with another man. That kind of boldness, unfortunately, translates with how easy it is sometimes to get done into deadly results. So I think what we can do collectively is what the, what we're doing right now is letting everybody know you don't need to wait till any kind of physical injury is inflicted to have a righteous stalking case that can be prosecuted and convicted in a court of law. You know, another issue, and I, I, I'll give you an amen to that one, Wendy Patrick. You know, in this case of Memoray Rackley, Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com, there were all the warning signs. He was posting these ominous threats on social media. He was calling and texting her nonstop. She called police to make him leave her alone. And within 72 hours of that phone call, she was dead, Sean Walsh. He went to the elementary school and waited, lay in wait for her to come out with her two little boys. When she saw him and flagged down a good Samaritan lady in a car and got in the car, he rammed the car with his pickup from behind and the car stopped and he jumped out and opened fire he shot her dead he shot her six-year-old little boy jace dead he shot an 11 year old girl that happened to be in the car with her mom and everybody else ran for their lives can you imagine her 11 year old son running for his life and looking back and seeing his mom bleed out trying to trying to protect the six-year-old little boy. I mean, Sean, it, it, it made me physically sick when I read about that. You know, Sean, my children, my twins are 10. Yeah. Can you imagine that, my it, little babies turning around and seeing me protect their twin as they had to run away from me bleeding out on the street, Sean Walsh? Nancy, it's horrendous, and they'll live with this for the rest of their lives. And, I mean, witnesses on the scene said that he was truly determined to get that car. He was out to get her. She had no hope. And look at the tragic ending. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's what nightmares are made of. You know, Joseph Scott Morgan, death investigator, forensics expert, joining me. Joe Scott, I can't really stress it enough. You're a death scene investigator. How many just, I want you to dig deep, murder scenes and death scenes that you've evaluated have been a result of domestic relations? I still, to this day, remember the very first so-called murder-suicide, and that's commonly what we refer to them as, that I worked in New Orleans back in the early 80s. And still to this day, I remember the last one I ever worked in Atlanta, all those years later in the 2000s, before I went into academia, 
it's, it's akin to a dog chasing its tail in the yard. Uh, nothing ever gets accomplished. Uh, there's a disconnect with reality I found. Uh, people do not believe this is going to happen to them. I've stood over the bodies of countless people, not only at the scene, but also in the morgue. And when you're sitting there and you're looking at these people, many of them, <clears throat> you know, at, in, in the flower of their youth, uh, and they've lived out this fantasy world, uh, both the perpetrator and maybe to a certain extent the victims, where they don't believe that this bad thing can happen to them, and they're struck in the face. I think that with the reality of it and the general public at large, I'm around college students now that engage in this behavior where we have stalking that occurs, uh, you know, uh, many times and, and, and young women are, are just oblivious to it many times. They don't realize the danger that they put themselves in. I found it very interesting a moment ago. You were talking to Karen about this, this fellow showing up with chocolates and flowers. And isn't that a real dichotomy uh, when you think that, yeah, he shows up with flowers and he shows up with chocolates. And then the next thing he shows up with is a firearm. Um, and that's the way it goes down many times uh, where, where this happens. They, they, they reach out to these people. They try to get their attention to service their own purposes. And when they can't have them, it's like some petulant child that finally throws a fit, kills this poor innocent person, and then attempts to take their life. Many times they succeed. Many times they fail. And many times in this particular case, you got just innocent bystanders that were there trying to help these people. And now these children are going to be scarred for life. This one child that's in this report is horrible. They're covered with blood. And just from this good Samaritan just stopping to try to help this poor woman. Let me ask you, Ron Rail, L.A. lawyer, high-profile lawyer, specializing in restraining orders. I believe that women have too much confidence in restraining orders. And I say that because... I've handled so many cases where women were uh, chased and shot and, and tortured and beaten that had restraining orders. In addition to prosecuting for 10 years, I worked as a volunteer in an Atlanta Battered Women's Center for nine years at night. And I heard it over and over and over. And one of our, our specialties was helping women get restraining orders. And... They think they're safe, but Ron, real, I mean, in my experience, they're not safe. Well, if, if somebody has your number and they're determined to get you, we know what can happen. All I am saying is you want to do anything, use every, every, uh, every bit of ammunition that you have to try to stop this person from coming after you. And so there's probably not a statistic about how many uh, violent crimes are averted because somebody had a restraining order. And the earlier you get them into the system, the better. And that's why I'm a big proponent. Before you even get to the, to the district attorney, go in yourself to family court and get a restraining order. Somebody sends you 25 text messages five days in a row, you're on to something. The DA may or may not prosecute. They may not file the case. Go file one yourself and, and get a restraining order. And when you have them in the system earlier on, I think that you're stacking the odds in your favor. Yeah, of course, if the person wants you, they're going to get you, right? The, the, if they really, really are determined, of course, it's a problem. But how many, how many of these crimes are averted because of this? And the people in the system getting a restraining order, then somebody violates the restraining order before the DA is even involved. Take them to court yourself. Get a contempt order. Try to get the judge, the family judge, to throw them in jail. There's things that you can do uh, that you want to try to use all available options to protect yourself. And so why not? I don't think there's a reason not to. Well, you know, another thing, Ron Real, I'm painting a pretty bleak picture, but the reality is Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor. I'm looking at it from a different perspective because every woman I came in touch with was either dead or she was an aggravated assault, shooting, beating victim, or she was in a battered women's shelter. She'd already been beaten. 
to smithereens. So my world experience is the very worst had already happened. And as I'm listening to Ron Rail talk, that's probably just a, a, a percentage of all the thousands of women that get restraining orders every day. And I'm just seeing this minuscule percentage that suffered the worst. So I guess what I'm trying to say, Wendy Patrick, is Ron Rail may have a very good point. He sure does. And, you know, both Ron and Sean have talked about this, Nancy, as have you. There, there's an additional component here. There are many women and men who are afraid to run out and get restraining orders. They should. Gosh, they all should. But they don't want to bring drama to the workplace. They're not really sure if it's stalking because they haven't. They don't know what the text of the law says. They're not really sure whether to take it seriously or whether getting a restraining order will make the stalker more dangerous and angrier. Ron, I'm sure you can relate to this. We've all seen cases where sadly that happens. Not all of them, but that's a real fear that many victims have is they're afraid that simply the act of going and getting a restraining order is going to make it that much worse. They mistake believe, Nancy, that they can take care of it on their own, which is the huge mistake a lot of these people make. One of the issues you brought up earlier, though, is one of the other ways in which women and men can protect themselves. You mentioned that sometimes, and I like to say this is called hiding in plain sight, you keep seeing the same person at the grocery store or the gas station, somebody that maybe is an acquaintance of yours. Maybe you never went out with them once, so according to Sean, they never become an ex, but they're just around a little too close for comfort. That in and of itself should be a red flag, something on the radar something to keep an eye on, may not justify a restraining order, as Ron would tell you, but it's still something that we need to protect ourselves from because that's the way it starts. This unhealthy obsession that is often very visible to some of these victims when they keep seeing the same person turn it up again and again. With me, Ron Rail, high-profile L.A. lawyer specializing in restraining orders, California prosecutor Wendy Patrick, renowned New York psychologist Kieran Stark, forensics expert, professor at Jacksonville State, Joseph Scott Morgan and DailyMail.com's Sean Walsh. We're turning to two other stories, and they are about an 18-year-old girl out of Poinciana, Florida, Larissa Barros, L-A-R-I-S-S-A Barros, B-Brother, A-R-O-S, killed, gunned down, Gosh, I just hate to even say it, was near the top of her class and already accepted to FSU. And the case of Janira Nicole Gonzalez. Janira Nicole Gonzalez shot dead at North Lake College in Dallas, Texas, simply sitting there studying in a community studying area. Those two cases the victims dead because of stalkers. I want to thank our partners that are making our program today possible. It's Link AKC. And on a happy note, this is an incredible, incredible thing. Don't leave your pet out of all the upcoming holiday fun. Link AKC Smart Collar is backed by the American Kennel Club. The Link AKC Collar is a GPS locator, a fitness activity tracker for a dog, and it's all controlled through a smartphone app. It even has an LED light and temperature sensor. Now, this is what I love. I've got pound pets, and one of them is a dog, Nitro Street Name, Fat Boy. This GPS locator can accurately tell me where Fat Boy is at all time. Total peace of mind. He's not running down the street right now. He's not jumping over the fence. He's not chasing or being chased by a car. 
He's in the yard where he's supposed to be, running in circles, chasing his tail, being a dog. And you know what? I can find that out right on the app. It doesn't matter how old your dog is, whether it's a pure breed, a mixed, or a little mutt like mine. Link AKC's activity wellness tracker shows the exact amount of activity your dog needs specifically. It's so easy to set up, which what I, I like that part. There's a size for every dog, and it's super comfy. Keep your pet safe, happy, and healthy with Link AKC Smart Collar. It's the perfect gift for you and your dog. You can try it risk-free for 90 days. And now, save 30%. You're not going to get that at the pet store. 30% off and free shipping on your order if you use code NANCY at LinkAKC.com. Code NANCY at LinkAKC.com. Save 30% off with free shipping. Hello, I think I'm going to get another one linkakc.com code nancy i want to switch gears and go to the two stories i mentioned first out to sean walsh with dailymail.com regarding the facts on janira nicole gonzalez janira nicole gonzalez just 20 years old when she is shot three times dies immediately in a common study area at north lake college in dallas texas And here is the kicker. She didn't even know she had a stalker. Sean Walsh with me, DailyMail.com. What happened with Janira Nicole Gonzalez? This case is truly tragic because this is a girl that was killed by someone she was not in a relationship with and did not want a relationship with. Um, So her family claims that the guy that killed her was obsessed with her, even though the two were never in a relationship. In fact, she was dating someone else. So he became completely obsessed and he killed her on campus. It's truly chilling. You know, you're right about that. Agent Victor Torres, a 20-year-old guy, is her killer. She was sitting there in the study area studying. When he comes in with a gun, shouts out, you know who I am and why I'm here. Translation, you have no idea who I am or why I'm here. And I don't think she even realized what was happening. If you look at her picture, she looks like she's about 14 years old. And I saw a picture of her father just crying about his little girl. She was a kinesiology student set to graduate in just a couple of weeks with great grades. She had never even dated this guy before. Karen Stark, psychologist out of New York, how does that happen? Well, in this case, too, he believes that unless she loves him and unless she responds to him, that he's not worthwhile. And the saddest thing, Nancy, is that I don't think she understood that this was something that's threatening. I think that's what happens all the time with women. Either they are flattered by it or they don't take it seriously enough. And in a public space like that, if you're being stalked, you really have to be careful to look around you to see if anyone is familiar. You know, that's quite the dichotomy, though, to Joe Scott Morgan, forensics expert. You say, try not to be isolated, but here she is in a public place, and he still gets her and guns her down in a communal study area at the college. Nancy, I'm a university professor, and it's not just the communal study area. It is the nature of an academic environment where you have this campus community that's there. And keep in mind, no matter what the admissions office does at any university, you can't vet where people come from. You don't know what their psychological profile is. So you get a group of people together 
and they're just kind of mashed in together. You develop this relationship, this community relationship. You don't know the background of anybody there. I don't know what this fellow's background was, but I do know he targeted this young girl and ended her life very tragically in an environment that most of us just assume, just assume it's going to be very, very safe and protected. And certainly when we send our kids off to college, we expect them to be safe and protected. This leads me to Sean Walsh, DailyMail.com, the case of Larissa Barros. And for some reason, this case, I just can't get her off of my mind. Larissa had overcome so much. She was an 18-year-old girl, and she was a teen mom. But that didn't stop her. She was near the top of her class and set to graduate from Liberty High School in two weeks. Based on her stellar grades, she had already been accepted into FSU, Florida State University, which is inundated with applications every year. She was already accepted two weeks to graduation. The killer, Kai Williams, had already been in jail for stalking her. He had already been ordered to stay away from Larissa Barros. He had slashed her tires. He had broken into her window. He, that day, that had already sent over 1,000 texts. He had gone to her car, broken in the window again, and set her seat, the driver's seat of her Chevy Cobalt, on fire, which psychologically is very telling, that he goes to where she sits in the car and sets the car on fire. He was arrested for that, but prosecutors dropped the case, claiming they didn't have enough evidence. Are you kidding me? In Orange Osceola jurisdiction. And now she's dead. How does that prosecutor look in the mirror every day and say, well, I didn't take it to trial because I didn't have enough evidence? What? With all that track record, who else do you think set her car on fire in the driver's seat? I mean, think about it. It's called circumstantial evidence, for Pete's sake. And even if you don't win, at least go down in glory. At least try. Go down guns a-blazing. Because this girl might still be alive, for Pete's sake. Larissa Barros is dead. And I have listened to part of her 911 call. When she's saying he's here, he's trying to get in. I'm afraid he's going to kill me and my little boy. He got in, Sean Walsh. He got in all right, didn't he? Nancy, these are the most chilling 911 tapes you will ever hear. She's on the phone pleading. My ex-boyfriend's breaking into the house. I have an injunction against him. Please send the police quick. They can, she can then be heard screaming, back up, back up, what do you want? And then there's a man's voice in the background yelling and struggling with her. The operator tries to get her back on the phone, but she never returns to the line. Um, he kills her. It's absolutely terrible and authorities have said that she did everything she possibly could in the two years leading up to it to stay away from this guy to let the police know that there was an issue and so it astounds me how prosecutors could not find a reason to prosecute this guy there was more than enough evidence you know when you are describing that 911 call that's just what we were hearing that time she had called 911 so many times so many times 
What what went wrong? Why wasn't he in jail, Sean Walsh? I mean, I, Nancy, I have absolutely no idea. I'm stumped with this one because you would think, Nancy, you're a former prosecutor. You would think that this guy would have been behind bars and not have been able to have been out to kill this beautiful 18-year-old. Nancy, she was two weeks from graduating. Two weeks. 911, where's the emergency? I need I need a police um but my sister's soccer just came to the house and I was outside and I pulled and he pulled right in front of me and he looked like he was pulling a gun so I just hit him. And he 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 I, I need a police oh, please. Oh, my sister's in the house and my baby. One moment, please. Please, can you hurry up? Oh, my sister and warn her. Hello? 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 What is the Kai Williams? This is it. Kai Williams, please. What, what is the closest school street? I got a call on that, please. You know, Justice Scott Morgan death investigator, by the time you and I get a case like this, the victim is buried, the funeral is over, and we're trying to piece together all the pieces to seek justice. But when I, this happened to me in court every single time, when I hear the 911 call, it feels like it's happening at that moment, and and I just want more than anything to try to fix it Joe Scott. Moving forward, you have to look at this and say, uh, is, is this young girl's life going to have been wasted as a result of this? Or is there a lesson that can be learned uh, moving forward? And I think that there, is, there are lessons on, on the side of both uh, the psychological side of the house, to a certain degree, the forensic side, but most certainly the prosecutorial side. And then, of course, we come to the general public. Uh, awareness. I think that that you've you've put this out there, and this is this is key to this because this is real, Nancy. This is not something that's it's not a fantasy. Uh, we, you and I, both stood over bodies. We've looked at at the the wreckage. I'm thinking about this poor child, uh, you know, in in and she was a child uh, that has 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 died now at the hands of this of this person, and and look look at the wreckage that's left behind by her her child that that is is now left motherless and fatherless as a result of, of this behavior. And we have to learn from this moving forward. This has been a cycle that's going on forever and ever and ever and ever. And it seems like it just never stops. It never stops. To Karen Stark, Karen, tell me your advice. The advice is that women need to, and men, if this happens to be the other way around, and it sometimes does occur, you have to be vigilant to do the best you can. Not to say that responsibility is on the victim, but if you believe that someone is excessive, if they seem obsessive, which means that they are constantly calling, constantly texting, not leaving you alone, sending you gifts that you really have not asked for or wanted, then you need to know that this is not a healthy thing, that something is really wrong. You have to tell everyone around you. You have to notify where you work, the people where you work, not be embarrassed because you're protecting yourself. You need to let your relatives know. You need to watch who is around you if you're in a public space. You must change the route of how you go to work and not be consistent in any of your behaviors so that this person can't follow you. You must be very, very cautious. And the important thing is that you're talking about it now, Nancy, so people can be aware. 
it is not a good thing. It is not that someone is loving you and caring too much. It's dangerous. I agree with Karen Stark and with Ron Rail, with Joe Scott Morgan, Sean Walsh, and Wendy Patrick. It is not romantic. It is not okay. It is a crime. Number one, do not ignore a stalker. That's a common reaction. If you don't think about it, it'll go away. That doesn't work. In fact, it gets worse. Two, be alert. Three, avoid contact. You must. Four, enhance security, locks, alarms, cameras. Change your route to work or school. Five, inform people in your life about the threat. Have them on alert. Six, save, document all messages, voicemails, letters, cards, gifts. Seven, photo document all items damaged. If your car is keyed, if your ties are slashed, if your door is kicked in. Eight, trust your instincts. Nine, develop a safety plan. Listen to me. Listen to all of us. We know. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible, Lisa Mattress. Tired of tossing and turning because you sleep hot? Look no further than Lisa's Chill Collection. You can say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. For a limited time, save up to $460 on a Chill Collection mattress and get two pillows free. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy.